Get ready as you're going to meet Kyla Netza, and she's sharing two keys to help master your money and so much more. That is coming up. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Hola, ¿qué tal? How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. Today, I have another fantastic guest for you. Kyla Nedza is a Jersey girl with a passion for self-love, heavy lifting, and stress management. Currently based in the New York City metro area, Kyla wears many hats, including a holistic health coach and training, a franchise marketing leader for a national fitness brand, and the founder of the Wellness Glow Up community. Her community is one dedicated to helping people of color become their healthiest selves by providing the tools and knowledge to be their own health advocates. So in today's episode, you're going to learn why her father gave her a credit card as a teen and what happened as a result. You're also going to learn the money lessons she learned that involve grace and confidence, as well as her biggest money challenge she is facing currently. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Let's do it. Bienvenida, Kyle. I'm excited to connect with you today. Hey, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How about you? I am wonderful. It is a beautiful sunny day in New York City, and we don't get a lot of these, so I am in a wonderful mood. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful, very hot day here in the D.C. area, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like the extreme heat <laughs> nor extreme cold. But I was born in Colombia in, in Bogota, so Same I here. like. Yeah, and that's what I was. Noticing. I was like, "Oh, she's from Colombia." I know, I know. I was like, "I gotta chat with her. Gotta talk to her." Yeah, so I'm excited to have you here. Get in, connect, get to know you better, and let's start with your money story. So, how did you grow up around money? What did you hear? What did you experience? Yeah, I think my experience is a, is a little bit different, and it's funny because I was thinking about this a little bit more recently. But I'm adopted. So I was adopted from Colombia, and my parents are both white. And so I grew up in a household where my dad, well, he was, he just retired. He was a former executive of a chemical company. And so what's interesting about my money story is that I always, from a young age, I had this idea about money that is... It was a duality. In one sense, I had a great knowledge and an understanding of finances and understanding of investments and stocks and bonds and all that fun stuff. But then on the flip side, there's always this like scarcity type of mindset that my family had as well because my dad didn't start off as a, a really high executive, but he, you know, was a middle management and he made a decent living, but 
there was always this uh, mindset that he learned from his parents and from his family, where they grew up on the west side of Chicago, where you know they didn't have a ton of money, and they so they grew up in a somewhat poor type of background. So it's funny how like generationally that always translates. But on the flip side, uh, when I mentioned um, learning some great financial background or some great financial things was my dad actually gave me a credit card when I was 15. And it was something where like, it wasn't like my credit card where he's like, go do whatever you want with it. It stemmed from his particular card to where he's like, I'm helping you build up your credit score and I'm helping you build up uh, your finances starting at 15. And I I was 15. I didn't really care. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I have a credit card. Bye. But he he set me up for success to where now, you know, my credit score is, you know, in the 800s. And it's something to where, you know, I really have this strong financial background because he started me so early and really understanding exactly, you know, what finances are and the nuances with them. I love that. And I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just recently read this from another person that I know that she did the same thing with her kids. And when the, by the time they got into college, they had a great credit score. So they, she was helping them build that credit score early on. So I'm thinking, hmm, because yeah. <laughs> my oldest is, seven, or, oh my gosh, he's going to be 17. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, so it got me thinking. So it's funny that you mention it because sometimes we hear things that we need to hear at the moment that we need to hear them. Right. It's interesting how life is like that. <laughs> right. And what's funny is like, even my, when I mentioned my dad got me a credit card at 15 and I was like, yeah, whatever. My 17th birthday, I remember this birthday particularly, is my dad didn't get me a present. He got me stocks and he bought me stocks. And I was like, I don't want this. I want a car or I want like, I want a purse. Like I was, I'm 17. I want something like that. And he's like, no, listen, you know, you'll thank me in the end. And really that, that particular stock or that investment portfolio really helped me a lot. Like when I was in college and even afterwards, because they grew so much. I'm like, Oh, now I get it. That is awesome. And with the credit card, did he set you up with just a certain amount that you couldn't go above a certain amount? No, he actually, and I actually, as I think about it now, I'm actually impressed that he trusted me a little bit um, <laughs> because I, I didn't, even when I was younger, I didn't spend a ton, but he didn't give me any sort of limit. He just said, you know, use it for when you go to the grocery store, when you buy groceries for the family, when you go get gas your car, like just the smaller expenses. It wasn't, I didn't have any like huge expenses at that time because, and you know, it's funny because I think about, oh man, in high school, I didn't have a ton of expenses. I, I want to <laughs> go back to that. But I didn't have a ton of expenses to where he said just, you know, those smaller purchases that you make where, whether it's, you know, going out to lunch with your friends to eat or just getting gas, like those smaller things. Love it. And so, so you had a not, you know, he taught you some things about money. He set you up with a credit card. He bought you stocks. And he also came from a scarce, you know, he had a scarcity mindset because of his background. So how did he talk to you besides, you know, giving you the credit card and giving you the stocks as uh, a gift for your 17th birthday? Did he have uh, any money conversations with you? He did. And we, we had a lot of conversations on where to put my money. So, and really that became more of a conversation Post college, when I got my first job and my like first real, real job, like when I was when I'm salaried, not like an hourly employee, 
And so he had a, he always would have conversations with me about where to put my money, you know, checkings versus savings, where my 401k money should go. If I had any additional money, you know, where to put that within savings in terms of like my 401k or a Roth IRA. We've always had that open dialogue because he wanted me to really maximize a lot of the dollars that I had. And so it's something where he, he's always like knowledgeable and like investing and, you know, really diving into that sort of information. So <laughs> it's funny because like we would be over dinner or like even having a random conversation. He's like, hey, where's your money at? Like, can we look at your finances? Can we look at your portfolio? Like, I want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. And again, like at that point, and it's different now because I'm like, yeah, let me know right where I'm at right now. But like when I was a post college graduate, I'm like, all right, dad, I just got my first job. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me just like pocket some of this and, <laughs> and like move on. But. Uh, we always have those really, really like interesting conversations about money and things like that. I love that. He definitely set you up for success. And I'm curious because you mentioned he had that a scarcity mindset just because of how he was brought up. Okay, so you had those money conversations. He did a lot to set you up for success financially, yet he you know has a scarcity mindset. Did that translate to you in terms of like, do you feel that maybe what he said, what he did, what you observed on terms of that scarcity mindset, did that impact you where you took that and you feel like you have a little bit of that scarcity mindset? Absolutely. And I feel like, and I, we actually have a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago, is I take a lot of things from him and a lot of like habits and things like that. But this is definitely one of them in the sense that like, he, there were always comments that he made and, and I'm actually trying to like reprogram him now and you know because i think that since he's older he's a lot less apt to like hear some of the stuff where i'm like hey it's just you're coming from a scarcity mindset <laughs> type, <laughs> yeah type that's, of not, thing. that's not a conversation you know you have like even definitely not with a stranger hey do you have a scarcity mindset or a lot let alone your parents yeah my parents you know if i were to say you all still have a scarcity mindset they would look at me like you're crazy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's it's funny because he's actually he's starting I think to come around to the idea of it and I'm just like, "Hey, and, and it's, I go into the whole psychology behind it and things like that, but it's just those little comments that he would make on like, "Oh, you know, um what did you spend on this the other day? I got to put it into into my budget tra uh, budget planner or whatever it is." He would always just make little comments like that and I started to realize as I was you know, really managing my money. And you know, there's some bigger expenses that I wanted to incur, like, you know, going to IIN, which is where I got my health uh, coaching certificate. You know, mm -hmm. I really had this understanding. Where I'm like, okay, like I freaked out when I first was like trying to make that investment because it was the first one that I truly made myself because my, um, my parents helped me with college, which was amazing. But it, this was like the first big purchase that I made myself. And so I like had hives about it, like anxiety. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how am I going to afford this? And literally I look into my bank account. I'm like doing a full scrub of my accounts. And I'm just like, I have more than enough money. And so it's just, it's just a mindset. And I realize that's mm -hmm. all it really is. I hear you. So you mentioned coaching. How, what led you to become a health coach? Because typically what I find is something, an impact, in your life that you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a fun story. So when I first started, so I actually was an athlete growing up. 
And I tore my ACL uh, playing soccer. And so um, my dreams of becoming a professional athlete were slowly soured because, <laughs> because I realized I was never going to get to that back to that level. And so I've always been interested in health and wellness and movement. And really where the coaching piece comes in is I have had a host of health issues for about 10 years. So I've had thyroid issues. I've had gut dysbiosis. I have had you know, amenorrhea, which is a lack of period. Um, I've really kind of run the gamut with a lot of health issues. And the bulk of my issues actually started when I was, I was probably a sophomore year in college. And what I realized is that stress was at the root of everything that, ev- all the health issues that I was facing. And so really after, you know, about a decade of health issues and I've cle- I cleared all my health issues, I really started to get passionate about reducing stress and helping people reduce their stress and realizing the things that they are inherently and or implicitly doing to stress their bodies out or stress ourselves out because it was something that, you know, in my personal life, I realized was at the root of all of my health issues. So I decided to go to IAN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and uh, start my health coaching because I really wanted to make an impact with those people that not only from a a more general view of stress reduction, but I've been in the corporate world for about 10 years as well. And I see a lot of my peers and my coworkers going through similar things to where I've kind of gotten it down to a science at this point. And I realize the the different stress-related issues that can really impact health issues. But where I'm at now is, is I'm really to a point where I want to help other people because I wanted that help, you know, 10 years ago when my health issues started and I don't want people to go through that same stuff. I hear you. I love that. And it's so interesting how interrelated health and money is, especially when it comes to stress, right? So stress impacts how the the decisions that we make with money, it could, you know, either we will go overspending, we will make a bad financial decision, whatever it is. And the same with health, like, I know there was a point in my life, uh, and I'm, I'm still, still working on it where I stress, and naturally how I, quote unquote, manage, mm-hmm. it's not really managing stress, yep. it's just, it's just putting a little bandaid over it is eating, right? Yep. As uh, you know, the stress eater, emotional eater, and that it puts you in this cycle, just vicious cycle of you don't feel good, then you're upset with yourself, you have guilt and shame, Um, maybe you gain some pounds, or maybe you can't lose some pounds. It's just this vicious cycle. And the same with money, where you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you maybe you start budgeting, maybe you start saving, maybe you get out of debt, then you get back into debt. And then you are in this vicious cycle of shame, guilt, (laughs) overwhelm, upset with yourself, and it's just so interesting how interrelated they are. Yeah. And I think one one interesting thing and, and my, I guess, choice of, of poison. What- Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Almond butter. And so I would like 
down almond butter. But if you look at and we and we're, if we're talking about the financial pieces, like almond butter could be about ten twelve dollars a jar. <laughs> so yes. it was not again not only affecting like my larger health in terms of like I was you know downing a ton of almond butter. I still love almond butter to this day. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but um, it was something that was not only affecting my uh, my body and my physical state, but definitely my financial state because I'm I'm buying like you know two or three jars of almond butter every week or so. So it, it was definitely like an impact. Right, right. So throughout your life, so your dad definitely set you up uh, really well, talked to you about money. You've obviously gone through college, you worked in the corporate sector, you uh, became a health coach, you're growing a business. What would you say are some of the money lessons that you have learned along the way? Yeah, I think there are three money lessons that I have learned that have been really impactful. And I mean, honestly, they're probably also the hardest to learn <laughs> when when I'm uh, going through my money story and things like that. I think the first one, and this was the the most important one to me to to really get started, is giving myself grace in terms of not only understanding that I have more than enough money, but understanding that budgeting and finances, it can be a full-time job and or it could be something that you really need to invest time and energy to, to where there's times that where, you know, my budget is inconsistent and that's, but that's okay because, you know, life may happen where I go on a trip and I spend a little bit more than I probably usually did because I'm having such a good time or whatever it is. So Really giving myself grace and that mindset around money was extremely important for me to move forward. The second thing and the second money lesson I learned is, and this is more of a practical thing, but emergency savings and where to put them. So my emergency savings and savings in general was always a little weird for me in terms of like understanding savings and the best way to save. So what I did is I ended up putting some of my emergency savings, which again, you should have three to six months of emergency savings. Uh, I put it into a a Roth IRA and I was using some of my 401k. And if you know anything about finances is you should not do that because there's a large penalty if you take it out and you will uh, pay a ton of money to take that out. So that was more of a practical thing is putting um, my emergency savings in a place that I can easily access it and not having to incur those crazy penalties. So that was the second big thing that I learned. And then the third one, really this comes from, again, my money story and this idea of of scarcity is really having the confidence to say that I am good at finances or understand and or financially be financially literate. Because I think that from what I've seen in, in my life is that because I've had such a good education from my dad and such a good knowledge base from him is that when I go into other places and I know the language and the lingo and things like that, people kind of look at me sideways because it's a Latina that's coming in here and has all this knowledge about finances and the confidence to be able to speak to finances and speak to these, you know, really sometimes complex numbers and concepts is really having the confidence and the ability to speak to those things. And I think that as we look at the, and we've talked about this, but the generational wealth gap specifically for women and women of color is that was something that I was always self-conscious about because there's two sides of the coin. And one side, you know, I definitely have all the knowledge and the things to really have those types of conversations. But on the flip side, 
I also didn't, I also wanted to minimize myself and feel a little bit smaller because if I came into a room or if I came into a certain conversation with confidence to have that, then I'm taking up space in that particular room and that was uncomfortable for me. So really the confidence piece in having the knowledge and knowing that I am more than worthy to talk about those things was the the third money lesson. I love that. And I swear, I mean, we just connected recently and we kind of speak the same in terms of you talk about grace, uh, you talk about confidence. I'm like, um, I swear we're like somehow connected before (laughs) because we have uh, the same way of thinking in that sense. And I love that. So let's talk about how about your biggest challenge, your biggest money challenge that you've had? Yeah, I guess the the biggest money challenge is for me in particular, and it's always it's funny because I think that certain challenges come in certain waves of where you're at in your life. So like there are certain challenges that I had years ago that, you know, I don't have now, and there are certain challenges that I have now that you know I didn't have years ago. And one of the biggest challenges for me right now is I am a entrepreneur and I am a side hustler to where I really need to and the, so the challenge I'm having is budgeting appropriately for the startup of my business and the startup of um you know really other the other passion projects I have. So I have um you know my health coaching business and uh I'm actually launching a e-course soon. So really talking through that and and you know setting up my finances for that because I also want to make sure that like I don't necessarily don't want to go broke but I I want to make sure that there is a even cash flow that's going to that and setting that up and then as well as my podcast you know my podcast the wellness global podcast is something that's a passion project for me and I want to keep growing that and I want to continue to invest time and money into that so you know really balancing not only my time um with my corporate job but with my side hustle in terms of my podcast and my Health coaching, but from a financial standpoint, you know, really making sure that I'm budgeting appropriately and budgeting in a way that like doesn't completely freak me out with some of the the financial pieces of it. Because obviously, when you're when you're starting a business and when you're getting into it, you're going to be at somewhat of a loss, and the cash flow isn't going to be there initially. So it's like going back to the three other money lessons that I learned before, and one of them was giving myself grace. Is I'm like, hey, this is something that, and I had to continually tell myself this. Hey, like this is a passion project for you. This is something that you want to do. This is something that like you literally get lit up about. So really understanding from a larger sense, like, hey, this isn't going to be forever, but this is something that you're going to have to invest probably more money into. And I think that's been the biggest challenge for me so far. Love it. Kyla, this has been fantastic. So we're going to wrap up the interviews with something that I call the Cheesemate Express. So it's gossip in a positive, fun, and lighthearted way. So we're going to learn five random facts about you. And you ready to do this? Let's go. All right. So you are a soccer player, right? So tell us what is your favorite soccer team? Uh, definitely the U.S. women's national team. They are currently in the World Cup and they are killing it. I have been watching them since the 90s. So they're my team. Love it. How about, do you have a favorite cartoon character? Random, but gotta ask it. Favorite cartoon character? Definitely Bugs Bunny. There's no way that's not Bugs Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Y siendo colombiana, since you're colombiana. Salsa, uh, vallenato, or cumbia? Which oh, one God. do you prefer? Uh, 
That's a tough one. Why'd you ask that, Jen? Um, <laughs> probably salsa. Okay. Pro- salsa. I would definitely say salsa. Just for the dancing part? Yeah, I, I you, think so. Yeah, you can dance the other ones, but I, I, I prefer salsa. Vallenato is more like, give me a drink and, you know, I'll cry my tears. Away. You know, it's that it's very type emotional. Of it's very yes. like, and I'm like, oh, do I want to do this all the time? <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right. Awesome. And what would be one thing that you're most afraid of? Spiders. I am, I am terrified. And I tell, when I say terrified, if I see a tarantula within literally like a couple, like within an arm's reach, I will literally like have a breakdown. Oh, do you want to hear a funny story? Um, You'll probably, (laughs) so we were moving, we were PCSing and the movers were there and it was an old base housing. It was the basement was where the laundry was so they were packing up and I was just washing up the last minute sheets and all that and they said ma'am do you know that you have it's some poisonous red spider I forget what it's called and I'm like no I didn't know so all of a sudden I became very aware of what what was in the uh, basement and I kid you not I screamed because I swear a spider came to attack me jumped at me something jumped at me so I thought it was this poisonous spider and I screamed, my husband and kids came running down. Do you know what it was? A piece of dust. A cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it tried to kill me. <laughs> That's how, I mean, so I hear you loud and clear. I am definitely a girly girl when it comes to like bugs and it dries. I'm the only female of the house too, so. It drives my husband nuts, but that's who I am. He has to accept me. <laughs> All right. Nickname. Do you have one? Um, nickname. My dad calls me, and this is actually, I, I played softball when I was a kid, and uh, I would bat fourth. If you know anything about sports, fourth is uh, the cleanup hitter and usually the best hitter on the team. Uh, so my dad and my uncle coined the uh, nickname KK Kaboom, where literally whenever I would hit the ball, it was always like really, really far, and there's this really loud sound. So literally, that's what he calls me and has been calling me since I was probably 10 years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. KK Kaboom. Yep. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've only told that to my boyfriend and maybe one other person. So now, now the whole, a lot the whole, more people know. Now the whole world knows. <laughs> Wonderful. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing that, Kyla. And once again, thanks again for being here and sharing all that you shared. You are fantastic. Keep pressing. Keep doing what you do. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on, Jen. Loved our conversation. What did you think? She's pretty fantastic, don't you think? You can connect with Kyla Nedza over at kylanedza.com. Also, recently, I was a guest on her podcast, so I will be sure to link that up in today's show notes as well. One of the things that I I accidentally skipped over when talking to her was asking her about travel as this month's theme is all about travel. And she shared with us a travel tip that has helped her tremendously and one that has helped her save money, which is bringing her own food to the airport. She says that the TSA will let you bring food through security as well as in ice packs that are completely frozen. She always brings meals for the day, depending on how long she's traveling for. And she also said that they will also let you carry that food bag through security as an additional bag and won't charge you if you clearly specify it as food. 
So hopefully that is helpful to you. Now let's move on to the reina of the week where we recognize una mujer, one woman that has been working hard on becoming the reina of her dinero. In other words, the queen of her money. This week, the reina is Veronica for her dedication and hard work and paying her credit card off that has been weighing so much on her shoulders. Congratulations. If you want to nominate someone who you should feel should be recognized, you can do so over at jenhempill.com forward slash reina of the week. And I'll also have that link in today's show notes. Remember this mujer, this woman can be anybody and doesn't have to be someone that is currently listening to the podcast. It can be simply someone that has inspired you, someone that has been setting a, a great example for you. So Please, by all means, go ahead and nominate them for Reina of the Week. Now, let's move on to the Pregunta of the Week. As you know, for the past month or so, we've been doing a Pregunta of the Week where we ask a new question, which by answering it, you get the opportunity to unlock a bonus freebie after answering those four questions for that month's theme. So today's question is, what is Kyla's current money challenge? Just remember, we always are going to have some money challenge. We're never going to have, we're going to figure out money, but because of life, there's always going to be money challenges. So if you have a money challenge right now, it's completely okay. To answer the Pregunta of the Week, you need to have a free account in the Herding Edo Matters Hub. And you can go to herdineromattershub.com to log in or reset your password or start your free account by grabbing the My Daily Money Ritual, which is also free. So remember, after answering these four questions for that month, you will unlock a fabulous freebie. And this month's freebie is a video training that goes into more detail of the method that I discussed last week. Plus, a free Trello board template to help you apply that method and make travel a more normal part of your life and budget. Again, to gain access to this freebie, you need to answer all four questions for this month. So get to it because you've got this. Next week, we will meet this month's Reina crew where we have a discussion on travel and their best travel tips. And I'm telling you, it's a good one. These ladies have traveled all over the world, so don't miss it. There's a lot of nuggets, things that I wasn't aware of, and I can't call myself this travel expert. I just love travel, so I learned a ton, so I can't wait to share that with you. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank Kyla for joining us for sharing her story, for being transparent, for being real. And you can check out the show notes on where to find her over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 179. Also, don't forget, if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe, you would never know when someone is in pain in their financial life. Just a sheer sharing of this podcast or this episode may be the push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until then, stay consistent on those money actions and habits so you can not only be the reina of your money, but love your dinero more. 
You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Chao. 